Welcome everybody to the Primary Residential Mortgage Armchair Quarterback Show. I took it over this week because Tony's had a couple of stumbles, but... Primary Residential Mortgage Armchair Quarterback. Yeah, if you can't do it right, we're really in trouble. I know that. Yeah. I'm Dean Johnson with Tony Lombardi, our, our leader, and Drew Forrester, our, you know, whatever. I don't even know what your <laughs> yeah, title is. Don't say it. I'm not. Nice I'm set. Leave it alone. You like that? Nice set. Nice jacket. Look at that. Look at that. Get us something. Come on, ABC. man. ABC. <laughs> it's better than Loyola. Now that, you and I can agree. We don't agree on much, but we'll agree on that. We're kidding, of course. We like Loyola. And we like Curly. A little. No, we like Loyola. Everybody's fine. We're all ever, it's all evergreen here. We're all good. Curly, Coward Hall. Coward Hall. You, Actually, I'm Glenn, Glenn Bernie High. Right. The Gophers. And as you said last week, we were in a good mood. Ravens won. Ravens won again. We're in a great mood. We're on a roll, Tony. We're I didn't pick them, though. I oh, yeah. Know. What a bad guy you are. He and I were on the... We the were, we had right on there. The Homer man. train. Uh, I, for a while, I'm like, you know, 33-3 might be right. You pick them this week, then you're really on the homer train. Oh, boy. We'll get to that later. Right, we will. <laughs> so, let's talk about that game against the Falcons. You know, some crazy stats, guys. 366 net yards of offense for the Ravens. 131 for the Falcons. 77 plays to 45. Time of possession. 39-39 for the Ravens for the game. 2021 for the Falcons, and here's what really gets crazy. In the second half, the Ravens possessed the ball 24 minutes and five seconds to the Falcons, 555. Insane. And, and the Falcons. They got, first, one, they got on the field one time in the third quarter. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the first drive that they had, the opening drive, 528. So their second half possession time, almost the same as their first drive of the game. Incredible. And just my observation being there, I would say. 40,000 Falcons fans and 12,000 Ravens fans. It sounded it. It, it wasn't like it was at Carolina back in um, 2010, I think that, that, that right was. Yeah. That was twenty five or 30,000 Baltimore people. I mean, for sure. The whole stadium was purple. This, was, this wasn't nearly like that, but there were a lot of Baltimore people there. And the place was largely empty because Georgia had played the night before. And as I talked to people, both on Saturday and Sunday, and I'm like, where is everyone? They said, oh, we're not going there tomorrow. Not after 4 o'clock game against Alabama. What a game, by the way. It was crazy. And the whole, the whole downtown Atlanta was Georgia or Alabama on Saturday, Friday and Saturday. We got there Friday. But it was mostly Georgia. The Alabama people are like, eh. We don't even bother with this one because we're going to be think going. If they to... want it, it would have been different on Sunday. Um, I I don't know. From the people that I spoke with, most of them were like, we had zero. We had circled this game weeks before that we were we weren't going. Like we're, we're just not going down there on Saturday at four o'clock, going to the game, getting up on Sunday. And again, they're four and seven. Maybe if they're eight and three, it's a different story. Right. But the place was pretty much empty. New I mean, stadium. It, unbelievable stadium. Incredible. I've been in um, the old place was a dump. The, the, the old place was a dump. I've been in the big the stadium in Glendale, which is you know mammoth out there in Phoenix. This place is really really big. It was cool. Uh, Atlanta is an awesome city. Lots of you can go you know you can um, walk everywhere pretty much downtown. So it was it was fun and it was good to see a win. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I went to Nashville last year and we lost and it wasn't much fun coming home. But now the Ravens fun. are seven and five, half game behind the Pittsburgh Steelers. As you predicted, as I last predicted, week, you took Chinese, the Chargers. Chinese lunches. Chinese lunches. I'm up to like eight. I but I can never, yeah. I can never get it. He's you like the president. I can never. Did you give up on that game at halftime? I went to bed. 
I went to bed. I don't know about the rest. I was coming home from uh, Atlanta following it, and when it was twenty three seven, I'm like, yeah, you know this this. This is about what I thought. And they have a now when I got into the house, I saw it was 23-23. I was like, what the heck happened? Tony, I know we're going to talk kid, about... by the way, I'd, I would love that. Not right now, because he's in the October, November of his career. I would take that Rivers kid on my team any day of the week. Oh, he's a great He's player. such a fighter, man. He is. He is such a fighter. I know we're going to talk about it a little later, but the Steelers still have to play New Orleans and New England. And, and look, they got to go out there and beat Oakland. As, all these games, if the league is crazy, right? Well, it's 3,000 miles. I think what you're alluding to, they have to go 3,000 miles And away. Oakland ran the ball all over Kansas City. Now, my guess is Kansas City just sort of said, we're going to win by whatever we want to win by. But it's 33-30 late. <laughs> no doubt. It's I mean, 33-30 they, late. But the Pittsburgh's got to still go out there and beat them. Now, they might beat them 20-16, to 16, the way they win a lot of those goofy road games like they did against Jacksonville. But they still got to go out there and win. They, they still, and I and I do think by hook or by crook they'll beat either New England or New Orleans because it's just the way they are. They they're they're crazy Pittsburgh. They like they had no business losing that game the other day, but then they'll win one of these that they have no business. You probably, you probably didn't see the stat that they should maybe you should have saw the game at halftime. They showed the stat. The Steelers were like two hundred and twelve, zero and two. When leading at home by 14 by or more. Or right. or more. Right. As soon as they put that up, that's the Justin Tucker thing. Well, Justin never Tucker's never missed an extra point. Oh, look at that. You, as soon as you put that stat right. up, you're like, oh, I'll bet the second half because I know what's going to happen. But I turned it off to uh, 23-7 at halftime. I'm watching Ray Donovan. One of my favorite shows for Showtime. Watching Ray Donovan. It's over. I turned it on. Let me see what, this, for, you know, what and giggles. See what the score is. 23 all. It was 23-21. They were going for the two-point conversion. Oh, okay. We got ourselves yeah, right. a ball game now. Right. That was a good win for the Chargers. That was a nice win for them. That, that's team. the one they really needed, right? That gets them. Now they got nine wins. They're, you know, they'd have to really throw up on themselves to not make the playoffs right. now. That, that was a huge win for them. And they, they'll be a tough out if they get in, much like maybe the Ravens will be a tough out. If we get in, we're, we, we that was going to be my out. That was going to be my yeah. theme today. The Ravens, are, the Ravens are a team no one wants to play. I, I no mean, one Houston's wants to play us. nine in a row. Uh, the Chargers, I, I, I don't think, I mean, I said this last week, I don't really, I'd love to figure out a way to not have to go to Houston. I would much prefer to go play Pittsburgh. And I get it, they got receivers in Roethlisberger, and, you know, over the years they've sort of kind of had our number, but we've gone up there and won before too. Yeah. Um, I do not really want to go to Houston. But or char- what about know? the Chargers? But I would love to, but we got to go somewhere, you know, I'm all for going in January to play anybody. Um, Nice they could win the division. We should go out there and maybe play golf a little bit. Playoffs? Isn't there a mortgage trip we could write off? Or, well, we shouldn't say they that. They might not have to go no. anywhere if they win the division. Uh, correct, right. And, and they could still win the division. It's crazy. I, I, I still say I think Pittsburgh's going to finish with it. They'll f- still think Pittsburgh's going to wind up figuring out a way to win 10 games. They might. I, I saw one of your tweets this week, and it goes back to a tweet from one of our guys, Adam Bonacorsi, who was talking about. Ravens fans, the Lamar versus Joe argument, which is raging on, it's going to continue to rage on. He equated it to like the Democrats versus the Republicans. That's exactly what it is. And there's this wide canyon of nothingness in the middle. Why can't we just be Ravens fans? Root for the best way to just root for a W. Right? This so much of this goes to social media. I think it, it's the sign of the times that we have everybody, you know, 25 years ago we had an opinion, but we weren't able to broadcast it like this. And not only broadcast it, but have it held against you if it didn't work. Right. And now that's what's happened. Drew, I know you're big in the, in the tweet sphere. I mean, the tweets are going wild, like wildfire mid-game. 
I mean, first possession, mid-game, well, every run, they're coming, they're coming rapid fire. Right. And you can't make, and this is the one thing I wrote at uh, Drew's Morning Dish, you, you can't make a mistake anymore if you're, if you're Flacco or, or Jackson. If Flacco comes back to play and they don't win every game, he's going to get annihilated. Right. It, it doesn't matter if they, win, if they lose 44 to 43, he will have done something wrong along the way. And if Jackson doesn't finish this off, He's going to get crushed. Like it, it, it's you can't make a mistake anymore with these. If you're a quarterback in this town, if you make one mistake, you're a bum. If he loses two of those other fumbles, right? But it, it, I, I really sense now that people have sort of gravitated to their position to say, "I'm going to be right," and I almost would rather the team lose and prove me right than for the team to be win. But for the team to win, but maybe I'm wrong. Which is really a sad state of affairs. Back to my point from a week ago. I think when Joe's healthy, they both play. I still believe that. Now, I know we talked about it quite a bit that Joe's not the kind of guy that's going to let that happen. But the team's better. The team's harder to prepare for. The team is a load if both guys are playing. And I don't mean one drive for this guy, one drive for that guy. I'm talking about play by play. You know, rotating them in to some degree. You can do that. I, I mean, look, those guys are smarter than us. I think. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but Marty I, had a great. Marty had a good game. Marty had a. He he did. But they there's always the potential for Marty to screw it up. Still, don't don't think because he had it. He got it right for one game. If they fall behind, the big telltale thing will be what if they fall behind 14 to nothing to Kansas City? What happens then? How does Lamar react to that? I, I, so I'm going to disagree a little bit on bringing them in and out and kind of rotating them. I I don't think. That's sustainable. No, um, I didn't say it's sustainable, but we're hard to prepare for if you mix it up. Okay. I, I, you're in an, you're I mean, in, I'm going to say the same thing I said last week. The player with the, 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 of the three, the guy with the best quarterbacking skill set is Joe Flacco. He's a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's been doing it for 11 years. His skill set for quarterbacking is better than those other two. The guy with the most athletic skill set for this team is Lamar. And I don't even think you can debate that, right? He's no, far more athletic, and the team, offense and defense, seems to benefit from him. And I, I just don't think it's going to create some issues. But I, I think they just got to keep going with Lamar, and Joe is going to, Joe is, Joe is going to flip. Well, I think you're right, and you touched on the big point. In my opinion, is that Lamar is this formula is going to work. For the time being. For the time being. They stay within one score. If they get down by two scores and we're forced to throw the ball, that's going to create some issues. I mean, we saw what the one pass to John Brown. Well-designed play. Wide open. He didn't have a prayer catch. Yeah, that was 12 12 yards. You go 14. It was eight yards off of him. I mean, was, that was seven to three at that point, correct? So he catches that yes, as fourteen because, to three because then they fake punted, and then the guy scooped up the ball. Right. By the way, the, I got a funny story about the fake punt. Okay. So I'm with a group of people that go down there to the game, some Coward Hall people, uh, Pat Marshall, who's the swim coach, and then I had a group of people that went, and we're one row behind one another. So they're in front, we're back here, and I'm watching. I paid a lot of attention the other day to Joe on the sideline. I'm watching the game, but I'm behind or facing. I'm right behind their. I'm looking down on their bench. So I watched Joe a lot during the game to see what he was, where he was, because the TV doesn't show you all the time. They just go to a clip real quick where he looks miserable, or they go to a clip where he's, you know, I wanted to watch it off camera. So I'm looking down, and I notice 
Sam Cooke is throwing the ball to Morgan Cox. He's throwing it. They're, they're practicing. So they knew. And he's 15 or 20 feet away throwing the ball. And I look up at the thing, and it's second and whatever, and he misses the pass, and now Cook is sort of throwing it. He's taking a few more steps. Now he's throwing it 20 yards, 15 yards, right below me. And, and he, he was a high school quarterback. He goes trotting out I mean, to the... Terrific athlete. Yeah, yeah, he goes trotting out for the punt. And I say, I think they're going to call a fake punt here. I think this is a great time for a fake punt. And as I say that, they snap the ball to him, and he throws the ball. Great throw. And all of them turn around to me like, how did you know that? And I didn't say a word. But I watched the whole thing happen right, right. in front of me. I was, you know, what, cheating? Because it happened right in front of me. But I definitely had a little advantage. And they were all like, how did you know that? Right, so the Kansas City Chiefs fans that are out there watching. So tell us, about the jo- tell us about the Joe Buddy language. I'm more interested to hear he, that. Okay, so he pretty much just walked around. Um... I never saw him sitting down the whole game. I never saw him on the bench. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. I never saw him on the bench. He spent most of his time talking to Weddle when the the offense was on the field or Hurst, who was standing there with him. Um, He, I never, and again, I'm just saying this was my observation, I never saw him one time go up to uh, Lamar. I did see, though, when RG3 came off the field one time, he made a point of sort of moving over and patting him, rubbing him on the helmet, patting him on the helmet when he came off the field. But I never once saw him say anything to Lamar. And, um, it, it, you know, again, I don't know what you make out of it other than he's definitely not involved at all with the coaches. He's just kind of walking around, hanging out, watching the game. And people, it's funny because when I bring this up, people would say to me, well, what's he going to say to Lamar anyway? I mean, uh, you know, what's he going to say about running the run-pass option? Or how's he going to help Lamar? That, I, I don't think he's got to go over there and be a tutor to him. I think he needs to just go over and just say, hey, you're doing, hey, man, just by the way, you're doing a hell of a job. See, I think there are opportunities to tutor. I mean, here, here and there. I, know, I agree, third but I down do and understand. Third down and you call a timeout, he should be in the mix there, talking about right. it. Right, and, and I get that. But I don't. I also understand when somebody says, "What's he gonna say about the, you know, hey, you should have tucked it in there, or hey, you should have." I get it. Like their skill sets are different. But I do think he should be over there, pretty much constantly saying, "Hey, dude, you're doing a hell of a job. We're gonna win this football game today." And you, I, I, he, I just don't see that in Joe. And people are gonna say. That you do that stuff in high school, you don't do that in the NFL. I, I don't know that I buy that. Well, just I, about any other franchise quarterback you see that's on the sidelines because of injury, he's got a head earpiece and he's somewhat engaged. And, and I'm not asking Joe Flacco to go in and tell Lamar Jackson what to do. They're completely different players. Right. However, there are things that maybe he can see on the field as a franchise quarterback that he can share with him. And like you said, words of encouragement. Coming from Joe, that would mean a lot for Lamar Jackson. And Tony, just didn't, mentally. Didn't Ray Lewis used to, I mean, he wore a headpiece. When he was injured, yeah. he, he, he game-planned. He was in the defensive coordinator's ear. No, but he was in the defensive coordinator's ear constantly with tweaks to the right. game plan, with tweaks to play calls the whole game. Different people, obviously, way different people. But I can't believe Joe's, I mean, just wandering around on the sideline. That was all he did. And I wonder what that does to the other teammates. You know, well, that's the They're big... observing this. He, could, he looks like he wants to be home so bad with his, his kids making pancakes or something. But he, he does not want to be there. And I wonder how that reflects upon the attitude the rest of the team has towards him. And I will ask you this too, Drew, being, being there, from what I could see on the TV, 
Lamar Jackson has this team really excited. I mean, they're on the sidelines, and they look really jazzed about winning football games right now. Before, it seemed to be business as usual. Now there's a, there's a high school, college sort of excitement about the team. Well, before they were four and five. So right, well, they've won three. No, but they've won three in a row. To your point, right. they're they're excited. Uh, the defense is a little more fresh. They're making some well, plays. That's the that's the. Hold on, we're talking about big points. That's one of the biggest points. The defense isn't a little more fresh. The right. defense is a lot more fresh right. with this running attack the last three games because the time of possession's been. I mean, forget this. This is a little bit of an anomaly, Tony. I mean, this big of a gap. But the two games before it, the defense was fresh in the second. Yeah. Game. Well, they've called. You know, this has been a very, very much a perfect storm. They and and. You know, people, are, again, this is what happens when you bring these points up right away. Someone's going to say, well, he just doesn't like Lamar, right? It's got nothing to do with that. It's been a perfect storm for them. They've played three of the worst defenses in the league, two of them at home, one of them on the road, and the, the one team on the road they played mostly is out of the playoff picture at 4-7. and seven. I mean, they still could have squeezed their way in, but they kind of knew their season was done. It's been a perfect storm for the Ravens. By week, Joe got hurt. Bye week, time for Lamar to integrate himself in there. Easy game, easy game, go on the road, play a team kind of a, it's been a perfect storm. Now that sort of ends this week, mm-hmm. right? Now we're back to kind of playing the varsity. But it defense. is a week, it's a week defense though. But it is a week yeah, defense right, this break. week. Right. Um, but they do some things, you know, obviously they got a very good offense. They pass protect very well. There's a lot of things they do that we're gonna have to man up a little bit. But this has really been a perfect storm. And who knows where it's going. But if somehow, can't even believe I'm saying this, but if somehow Here he comes, Ravens, here it comes, Tony. The Ravens go to the soup now. If somehow <laughs> they get into January and they make some noise, I, you know, this you we can almost start writing the NFL films thing. Joe got hurt, they had a bye, they had some time to catch their breath. Pittsburgh's schedule got more difficult. Our schedule got a little more easier at just the right moment. And we got this new energy. And, you know, it, it, the, the NFL is insane, right? Jacksonville beat them. Indianapolis 6 to nothing. The Colts couldn't even score a point. Like, the league is nuts. In this league. It's insane. Well, this is – it's not crazy. only an insane league. We're entering the insane time in right. the league. These next few weeks. Look at Kansas City. Their fortunes all changed on one thing. Oh, that video coming out. Amen. If that video doesn't come out – no one knows anything. They're going to just keep on rolling. Now, they're still very good. You're but, stealing my thunder for but, later. Okay, sorry. But they've been nicked now. Now they've been nicked. San Diego, same thing. Or L.A., can't believe I did it. Uh, I haven't done that much, by the way, but it's, it is L.A. still until they go back there, I think. Um, losing Melvin Gordon for two or three weeks, maybe four weeks, hurts that. These injuries crush these teams. And we're not going leather here. We're... Um, you know, relatively speaking, we're injury-free. The one injury we did get might have opened the door for this kid to be the quarterback. Right. It's crazy. Absolutely. Let's the league's quick, nuts, man. Let's no. take a quick time out when we come back. Put, put something over this for me. I no, no. I can't Archbishop Curley. I'm dealing with this cow I can't keep looking over there. Oh, come on. It's better. It's actually a nice-looking logo. It's not quite as good as the Cardinal, but it's a nice-looking logo. I, so. I like Barry Stitz. He's a good man. And Marty McGinty. Those are good. Too good. There aren't many good Curly people, but there are two good ones. So. <laughs> you didn't mention Tony. Wait a minute, you didn't mention me? Tony. About me. Well, I mean, you're okay. You're, you're picked going? against the Ravens last week, you rat fake. Picked against them again this week, too. So we'll have our predictions. We'll have some talk about uh, Kareem Hunt and a lot more on the primary residential mortgage armchair quarterback. Don't go away. Yes. Like 33rd Street was to Colt fans, Russell Street will become legendary for future generations of Raven fans. 
Not only is Russell Street the team's address on Sunday, it's now home to the website voted Baltimore's best five years in a row. You've known them as Ravens247.com for years, and now you'll love them as RussellStreetReport.com for many more. There's nothing else like it for Baltimore football fans. Trust me, RussellStreetReport.com. Baltimore's home for football 24-7. Welcome back to the primary residential mortgage armchair quarterback. How was that, Drew? You are so professional. Uh, See, I'm Flacco. See, here it is. I'm Flacco. This is the way Joe should be. Dude, you're so professional. You're doing a hell of a job. You know that? I'm not mad at him. He gets to do the intro. Why don't I get to do the intro? He does it. He does a great job. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Yeah, you really are. Tony, take it away. <laughs> See how good of a teammate I am. Great teammate. More than if I got $25 million, I, uh, right? I would really be a good teammate. You'd <laughs> play a lot more golf, <laughs> right, No doubt about that. Boy, before we went to break, we started talking about the Chiefs and the loss of Kareem Hunt. Big impact on that team offensively because Kareem Hunt was a multifaceted offensive weapon. And now that puts a little bit more pressure on guys like Kelsey and Tariq Hill. And certainly Patrick Mahomes. Well, the, I, and Patrick Mahomes, because now he doesn't have that he doesn't have that dynamic back to take all the pressure off from him. I'm interested to see how we game plan for them this week. I mean, our defense, that's one thing we didn't talk about in the first half of the show. Our defense is getting better every week. Not just better, they're not injured, and they're more confident every week. I mean, what we did to Julio Jones, I mean, how many catches, Tony? Two. On how many targets? Mm, he might have thrown it to him six or seven times. But he was it, he was he didn't getting, look very interested to me. By but he was getting no. hit. Yeah, he's a he's a and the other kid stinks. He's a freak. Ridley, Ridley kid. Not the one time they needed twelve yards. He caught it eleven yards and ran backwards the other way instead of getting hit. <laughs> you know what it reminded me it was of? Crazy. Remember the electric football games? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. He stole from. I'm not. A, I'm not a big Ridley fan at this point. I mean, they just didn't. Atlanta looked. Sort of like we Hayden could argue Hayden. though that we could go back and argue the the Ridley versus Hayden Hurst selections though, but we didn't. Oh sure, that, well, right, and a lot of that depends on where you know these guys are all their careers are all determined by who picks them. I mean Carson Palmer might have might have wound up being a, a, a Hall of Famer if somebody picks him besides the Bengals, right? I mean you you know I don't know Calvin Ridley might have gone to the Patriots and might have been a great player. He just doesn't look like he's a very good fit there. Maybe. Yeah. But back to Kansas City, I think our defense is gelling at the right time. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how we approach and attack Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you're right; they do pass block well, but they're 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 going to have to game plan differently now because they didn't look great. You know, the, it was a close game against Oakland, closer than I think they would have liked. You know, when people talk to me about the Chiefs, the one guy that seems to always come up as a problem for the Ravens is Kelsey. Tight end. Well, mm -hmm. tight ends always are. They, that kid the other day for Atlanta was the only guy on the team that was any good. Right, and, and Kelsey's probably the best in the league right now. He is. So when you think about that, and you think about how do you how do you defend that? And we certainly can't do it with our linebackers. We've proven that we can't do it with our linebackers. But I think our corners are playing so well right now. Jimmy Smith had a good game against the Atlanta mm -hmm. Falcons. And Marlon Humphrey has been lights out. Here's a guy who I thought I was saying, how do they not take O.J. Howard? You and I were talking about this before the show. I'm wrong. The collective, wrong. When, when they drafted Marlon Humphrey, the entire fan base yawned and didn't know what was going on. And that guy's a stud. He's a stud. I mean, teams, teams throw at Jimmy Smith now right. to stay away from Marlon Humphrey. Right. Four guys that I think have really stood out in these last three games, um, Humphrey, Pierce. Pierce has had a really nice stretch here really against the run. Man. And I'll tell you who's had a really nice stretch he is still not very good against the throw. Mosley has played really, really well the last three weeks, especially against the run. 
He is a very good run stopper. He's just not that good in coverage. But, boy, against the run, Mosley can get in there and make and plug the gap and make some tackles. And, um, and both of these kids have played well, the two corners, Smith and Humphrey. Well, you love uh, Humphrey, Humphrey and Pierce have really played well. Getting back to Kelsey, so I was thinking, how could the Ravens, what do they have that they could use against Kelsey? Because obviously the linebackers aren't going to do it. Or the safeties haven't done it either, covering tight ends. And I thought about the depth, the corner that the Ravens seem to have now. Brandon Carr, not spectacular, but solid most of the year. In fact, earlier in the season, I thought he was a goner after 2018. I'm not so sure now. At $6 million, he's probably a bargain, right, for corners. And he should. I mean, let's be clear. He, I mean, back to his streak. I mean, he plays. He's there every week for you. But I, I, I thought back to the times when I think it, when the key to lead was with Denver. He guarded Gronkowski and did a really nice job against him. So I'm thinking, what about if Jimmy Smith or Marlon Humphrey takes them on one-on-one? And then they zone it up the rest of the places. Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't want a hill to hit an easy home run. Right. They're going to be playing way out the This sticks. is one of those games for Dean Pease, by the way, who loved to play soft and lay everybody back yeah, and yeah. just let you get 8 yards, 12 yards, 8 yards, 10 yards. But I'm not letting you get 60. This is the kind of profile they need in this game. Just don't let he'll get behind you. The question right. you didn't you didn't mention him, Drew, as people playing well, but the Zadarius Smith Matthew Judon um, combo has been really strong the last few weeks. I mean, I mean that's what Tony Romo the, uh, announcing that that's all he could talk about was all the pressure they were getting. If those guys get some kind of pressure without the heavy blitzing, then all of this becomes it starts working a lot better. Right. I mean, I, th- I think that's the big question for this week is, are we getting any pressure without committing too many Enough guys? This. Let me, get, more, let me more see more if I can, I'm going to see if I, no, I'm going to see if I Super get tickets. us some airline tickets. No, go to Kansas City. I want to go to the game. Let's, uh, let's I'm go. free on Sunday, let's Drew. Go. Let's go. I am free on Sunday. So, I do want to go. <laughs> Don't you have a job? Haven't you sold enough mortgages yet? Or you going to have a jet? No, we have one of those. We have one, no, 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 we have one of those little, you know, the ones you had as a kid you put together. You know, we have one of those. That's all we've got. Get us the three of us on there. Correct. Sure. So we got the Chiefs, and, and let's talk about Cream Hunt a little bit. The whole situation with that, and, and it's very similar to Ray Rice. In fact, I was looking at some pictures because I wanted to do. I did an article comparing the situations, and interestingly enough, they're both wearing twenty-seven, and they're both doing this. Right. Well. <laughs> Where I mean, you're, okay. So I'll jump it. I'll jump in first, Tony. And this was going to be my come on man. But how does the league not have been way out in front of this? It makes no sense to me. I mean, how's the league with all? I mean, as big as it is, it's a, it's a, the, the NFL is a monstrous organization with tons of resources, and they've already had a case study in what they should do in this situation. How does the league not get their hands on that tape? How does the league not get a view of that tape? How does the league not interview all the participants and be out in front of this? It's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me that this showed up the way it did. I, can't, I, can't, I literally can't believe it. Well, they, they, this is what I can't believe. And I would, I would, I'm agreeing with, with you on all of, it, all of that other than to just interject this. You, you don't know how much TMZ paid for it, right? I mean, we don't know. Do they pay eighty grand for that or do they pay $4.5 million? Like, no one knows. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you, but this is what I do know. They spent $22 million on that deflate gate thing. TMZ. The league did. No, no, the, the league. league. The league spent $22 million. And why? Correct. Because they already knew the truth. Because all the quarterbacks would tell you. We all fudge around with the inflation of the football. Rogers said right afterwards, I super inflate them. I, my hands are big. I like the football to be really hard. 
Brady's hands aren't as big. He likes it to be smaller. They all fool around with the inflation level of football. Now, do they go outside of the legal boundary? Uh, and no one, you know, obviously they call it the Patriots, but they spent $22 million to figure that out. It's, it was a joke. And, and spent nothing, basically, to figure this out. No money, no time, right. no resources, right. no didn't energy. Didn't talk to the kid, didn't talk to the girl. By the way, and again, I'm not in any way, shape, or form condoning what he did in any way. But I will say this. If the league would have met with the kid and got the whole story about how the girl was coming back in, into the hotel and constantly badgering him and at least would have listened to his story, they, they might have taken a different tact. They might have said, well, now we do need to see the tape because maybe the tape does show something else. To not talk to either one of them is like... It's Encyclopedia Brown would have figured this one out in 23 pages. It, it was crazy. They have the Ray Race case study. I mean, they right. have it. It, it, it. It's the same path. How do you not follow that script or create a script from that last situation? Learn from it. They didn't learn. Right. And to dovetail on that, people kept asking me, how come TMZ can find it and the NFL couldn't find it? I said the NFL didn't want to find it. That's why. They and, and, and to your and point, then, they, I guess I would say this too, though. It, Again, because we don't know all of this, all of this becomes sort of conjecture. You never know how this all unfolded. The person with the tape might have immediately called TMZ the next week and said, I have the tape, and it's $5 million. And TMZ might have said, dude, we're not giving you $5 million for the tape, we're just not. And he might have called them back in May and said, hey, how about $3 million? And TMZ might have said, we're not giving you $3 million for the tape. And then finally, in November, he says, all right, I'll give it to you for a million bucks. Like you don't know how this happened. Right. Someone could have no, owned the tape. And I have no and experience. Them. I have no experience in hiring private investigators. But there's got to be somebody that could be on the NFL's shadow payroll out there digging and looking. And that just clearly that wasn't. Might have, it might have been an extortion of. It might have been. Uh, give me two million and you can have it. And the NFL said, "Now nah, we're good." My big question. I mean, to, to throw a tangent on this, what do you guys think the chance is he makes it back into the league? I mean, Ray Rice, we talked about it a little before. Ray Rice never came back. I mean, a little older, had more miles on the odometer. But well, Kareem Hunt is a second-year player. A stud. Dynamic player, a stud. Got a lot left in the tank. It'll simmer down. It'll die down. Michael Vick got back in the league. This kid's going to get back in the league. I would agree. I mean, I, I, I do think the right... Uh, Joe Mixon's in the league. He punched that girl in the face. Right. Now, granted, he hadn't been drafted Three yet. did something in right. college, too. Uh, I mean, Mixon... Mixon hauled off and punched that girl. And his draft stock was definitely diminished because of it. Mm -hmm. And wound up, the Bengals said, well, shake it. But, right, but, you know, it affected him. Um, but he still got in the league. I, I think this kid's going to get back in the league. He doesn't seem... Uh, you know, we're, Choose we, these we, words carefully. Right, and this is the thing. Like We're saying this a little bit because we do know him here. Ray Rice was a good kid who... Made a gigantic mistake, obviously, but by and large, Ray Rice was a good guy. I this kid doesn't seem like he's a really good guy. He doesn't seem very that, apologetic. That interview, Lisa Salters, they 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 sicked the right person on him. She went after him, and she really pushed him. She was not. He no looked. I mean, he looked uncomfortable. He took her gloves. She took the kid gloves off and stuck them down in the mm-hmm. seat and said, "I'm coming at you." She did and, a great job. And she did a really good job. Um, and I, I, you know, he didn't come across to me to be the warmest guy in the world, for sure. But, you know, in the end, he admitted, hey, look, I 
should have walked away and de-escalated it, and I didn't. Like, he, he admitted it, but there were some things he said that were a little bit off. I'm just reading. I mean, I don't even listen. Just look at the body language. He didn't look right. very contrite right. nor apologetic right. to me. Right. But I would say he probably does get back in the league. That would be my guess. But he won't be back in the league with the Kansas City Chiefs, nor would be facing the Ravens this Not week. Not this week. <laughs> we so, love that. Yeah, we do. Let's, let's talk about the AFC. Hooray for the videotape. Let's talk about the AFC North. We touched on it a little bit in the first segment. Ravens are half game back. The Ravens, it, and it, it's very simple. The Steelers simple. have to play the Patriots, and they have to go away to play the Saints. The Ravens have to beat either Kansas City or the Chargers to have a shot to win the division, right. in my opinion. Right. If you want about that, right. if, if, you, right. if you want to oversimplify it right now with four weeks to play, they have doesn't to win. It doesn't matter which one. It doesn't matter which one. They have to win one of them. Right. That's why, you know, we're, we're going to predict in a minute, but this, this game this week, it'd be great to steal it because then it, you just stole it a little earlier. But they have to win one of those two and then hold serve at home. And I think, Drew, I know you said Tampa Bay is going to be tough, and they look tough again this weekend, but well, you've know, yeah, got to beat them at home. I don't think we're going to lose to Tampa Bay at home, but I, I, I don't think we're going to beat them 37-10. to 10. No, They're going to put some points up, and we're going to have to fight and scratch against them. It'd be nice. They have nothing to lose. And by that time, two weeks from now, the Fitzpatrick will be quarterbacking again. You think so? Huh? Sure. I mean, they're going to bench uh, Winston in the third quarter of this now week. We're talking about giving him that fifth-year option. It's, it's New crazy. Orleans losing that game last week actually was good for the Ravens. For the Ravens, because absolutely. Because it means they have to keep playing when they play the Steelers. That's right. I mean, we were because they get them in week 16, correct? Yeah. Yes. And you didn't want you didn't want them having already run away with it to the point of not really worrying about that right. game. Right. And it's in New Orleans. Right. So. You mentioned your come on, man, about the, the league's handling of the Kareem Hunt situation. How about you, Drew? I, you know, my come on, man, is to all these people who just keep on arguing about the quarterback. And they and yeah. it, it just is so tiring. The team's winning. Just leave it alone. Stop worrying about Flacco or just wait until Lamar uh, fumbles two more times. Stop worrying about it. Just watch the games. And they're going to make mistakes. They all make mistakes. It's unbelievable when one of these quarterbacks makes a mistake how many people go online right away and say, told you that guy sucks. No one can play in that one. And, you know, and again, the players aren't necessarily reading Twitter in the middle of the game, but no one can play with those sort of expectations. Right. You're going to make mistakes. All these quarterbacks are going to make mistakes. Do you want them to fumble the ball and have the guy scoop it up and run? Well, of course not. But, but it almost seems like they're gonna, the people there in Joe's camp are rooting against Lamar Jackson. 100%. Which is crazy. And, and 100%. vice versa. 100%. It, it, and, and that's why if Joe comes back, they're rolling the dice in a big way because if Joe makes any mistakes, everybody's going to say, you guys should have just stuck with the kid, uh, Jackson. We'd have been fine. Like, people would rather be right and have the team lose. Silly. It's unbelievable. Silly. I was happy to be wrong Come on, last man. week. I was happy to be wrong right. last week, right? Right, I right. Hope, I hope I'm wrong this right. week. Right, right, right. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Although I do think they have a puncher's chance of going out there and winning. Um, it's so much of it's going to be dictated by how the flow of the game goes. I, they, they can't if they get behind early. Right, they're, in tr- they're probably in trouble. Right. My come on man goes to the Ravens and get a little a little bit of background information first. Back in the day when the Ravens were really good on draft day, draft weekend, best player available was the theme. Always the theme, mm-hmm. regardless of if they had when they took t- uh, Todd Heap, they had Shannon Sharp. They didn't need a tight end, but he was the best player on the board. When they took Ed Reed the following year, he wasn't. They didn't need a safety, but he was the best player on the board. So you get great players by taking the best players. By the way, in the some board. ways, they didn't need Humphrey because they had Jimmy Smith already. True. Right. True. You know, but they right. So, fast forward to 2018, 
The Ravens are on the clock at number 16. They trade out of the pick. The best player on the board by far, and it was such a Ravens pick. Derwin James. Derwin James. What's that kid play against the Steelers? He's really good. Yeah, he's really good. You watch him. He was down on the tight end, head on, and dropped into a zone and picked up the player and intercepted the pass. And he could hit. He just does it all. He, he, he screams Baltimore Ravens player, and they let that go. So I'm told that the Ravens really, there was some discussion in the war room about taking him. They didn't take him because Steve Bishotti thought that the fan base wanted offensive players. And by the way, we, we talked last week, and I'll say it again. Right. Come on. So that's my come home, man. And where oh where was Tell the owners to out of the room. Last, last game, Tony, where oh where was Hayden Hurst? I mean, right. they, they they had the they had the, the the bad play call on the goal line where where they tried to throw the little um, lob to the tight end. That was to Nick Boyle, and Mark Andrews is who's getting targeted by both Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson. Like Mark Andrews looks like a real player. And by the way, that's one thing I think both our quarterbacks have agreed upon. They throw to Mark Andrews. Right, right. Hayden Hurst is hardly targeted. Was he even targeted last week? I don't think he I was targeted. Know. It's so hard to say this to the owner. Like, you own a business, so you, you get this for sure. It's so hard to say to the owner, dude, you can't come in the room. You can't come in. Not, not today. Not right now while we're doing this draft. We'll let you know. We'll text you. You can stay out there and have a glass of wine and we'll text you who we picked. Right. It's so hard to do that. But you, you have to be able to do it. You have to say to the owner, you, you, you just can't be involved in this. But it's hard to do because you're the owner, right? But the... In some ways, I kind of directly blame Steve for this. Steve is very smart, very successful, all the varies, right? Steve's got to know, I don't really belong in there. I kind of blame Steve. You know, I mean, if you took a poll of all of the important people in the Ravens organization, do you want Steve in the room or not? And, and you want Steve in the room and having a participation role, I think secretly they would all say no, Right. But you got to let him in. And Steve should be smart enough to say, you know what, this is not my time. Right. All those guys spent all those months on the road studying players, nine months out of the year. You know, Phil Jackson, and I give Brian credit for this. Sorry to interrupt you, but I give Brian credit for this too. Billick would do the same thing, and and Phil Jackson did the same thing. You know, Brian never went into the locker room at at Owens Mills. Ever? He would not go into the locker room. He would always say, just leave the guys in there. It's th- this is their time. That's their space. I don't go into the locker room. Phil Jackson did the same thing. He never would go into the Bulls locker room for, in practice. He would in- intentionally stay away. That's their place. I don't need to be in there. I have no business. In the same way, I'm not bringing them into my office where they don't have the right to come walking in. I don't go into their locker room. Brian never went into the locker room. And honestly, in all my time, when I've been over to Ravens, and hasn't, hasn't been much, obviously, in the last few years, but when I was over there two or three times a week, I don't remember seeing John in the locker room either. I have a story that goes back to the Troy Steve, Smith stay days. Away. Right, <laughs> the Troy Smith days. Apparently, he had his iPod on. He was blasting, and it was music that John walked into the locker room didn't like it. Okay. He was so Troy Smith's in the shower, comes out. Who the f turned off my iPod? He turns around. And he goes, and he's looking at John. He goes, I did. Oh, yeah, right. Suggs is famous for that too. Yeah. Suggs was famous for, or was, again, it's been a while. Suggs was famous for, right when everyone got over around J.O., because they were next to one another, Suggs was famous for turning on the rap music. 
really loud with his speakers. And I remember Morgan, the Channel 45, said something to him one time, and he snarled at her and gave her some kind of wise remark. And I think it was Mark Viviano or somebody's like, hey, we're trying to work here. And he got mouthy. And, you know, and none of the PR people can say anything. There's zero, you know, you have no, if one of those PR folks went over to Suggs and said, hey, man, turn your music down, he would put them on blast. So no one controls them, right? It's either self-controlled or they get in an awkward position and they finally acquiesce. But I can remember Suggs, was, he was famous for that. As soon as everyone got over there around J.O., he would turn the music on. Just to be, you know, just to have some fun. Just to cause trouble. Yep. <laughs> you know, speaking of the Ravens, th these kinds of things don't get mentioned enough, I don't think. Uh, with regard to the Ravens in terms of what they do in the community. This week they gave $200,000 to Lakewood Elementary f to get a brand new heating and air conditioning unit in the school. So, uh, you know, a lot of those things get passed over and, you know, a lot of people don't go out to see the Ravens anymore because they're still ticked off about what happened in London in 2017. But I, I don't think that these things get enough attention and so we wanted to bring that to you today. So, let's wrap things up, guys, by talking about our predictions for the Ravens at Kansas City. You ready, Drew? You ready? Oh I mean, my I'm on the Homer train. Oh my gosh. I've got, I mean, go ahead. I've become a believer. Okay. 38-35 Ravens. Whoa. 38-35 okay. Ravens. Win shootout. The, Holy cow. Okay. Um, I just don't feel like we can go there and win. Um, but I do think, you know, I think it's going to be close. I think we'll, I think it'll be more defensive. Because they have lost Hunt, and our, you know, our profile now is a little bit more ball control. Um, I'll say 28-24 Kansas City. I think they're going to keep it close, the Ravens are, for a while. I don't think they cover the 7.5-point line. I think that what's going to happen is that the Ravens will keep it close down the stretch, and Mahomes makes a play. I think it's going to be 31-20 Kansas City. I'm going, I got to, I'm going to lead off next week's show. I'm going to lead oh, off I next hope, week's show. I hope you're right. I'm going to. I, it bothers me. I'm now, you know what? Now I'm, I'm going to do what all the rest of the people in town are doing. I'm trying to figure out a way to, I, I want the team now, should I say this? I want the team to lose so you'll be wrong. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you owe me so many Chinese know, lunches. I'm up to 10 or whatever. Um, here's my, uh, I'll give you the bold prediction. I think Pittsburgh's going to lose in Oakland. That is bold. I think they're going to lose there. I think they're going to go there and lay an egg. Well, if that happens, we'll be in the driver's seat. <laughs> if that happens, they won't beat New England or I think New they're Orleans. going to go to Oakland and lose. I, I, and I'm not just saying that to be... Heard it here first, folks. I know. I'm hoping I'm right. <laughs> All right. All right. That does it for this week. Don't wear that anymore. I'll wear it again next week. <laughs> Well, that was the primary residential armchair quarterback. Primary residential mortgage. You didn't even say it right. I know. I, 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 oh, it's a little man. slang. Sorry. All right. All right. Join us next week on the primary residential mortgage armchair quarterback.